The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, You'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, there is a form of religion that has, over the past 10 years or so, taken over larger and larger portions of the American psyche. It's a religion made up more of fear of evil than love of and from the divine. It's a religion made up more of laws and judgments than compassion and redemption. It's a religion which allows plenty of room for hate and recrimination of other people, and it is led by a leadership that Jesus would have called vipers and whitewashed sepulchers. These modern-day Pharisees are, according to Jesus, keeping people from entering the kingdom of heaven. So this is a difficult subject, but we're going to go bravely go where many are afraid to go. We're going to offer a more authentic version of this religion. So here's one of the things I want to say. Anyone who's listening to the show, of course, has complete rights to any of any religion or lack of religion that they choose. And I don't want to uh, trample on the toes of people who have a, a sincere connection to the, their own version of the divine, whatever that is for them. But I do want to address this issue because it has become a huge issue in America. In fact, it has taken over the political psyche of our American public. So I think it's very, very important for us to talk about and be able to address in, in terms that make sense. Um, so I'm going to go there, and we're going to have a, a talk about what it means to, to understand what these vipers are, what the whitewashed sepulchers are, what does it mean to to have a uh, uh, to worship in truth and in spirit, like Jesus said? We were uh, we were about the business of doing, or would be able to do. There would be a time coming when we would be able to worship in spirit and in truth. So, uh, the first thing I want to say is that uh, religion itself is not um, any religion is not a definitive only pathway to God or the divine. There is no one religion that uh, is more true than any other religion. Although that is what the vipers, the modern-day Pharisees, are teaching. They are teaching that there is a form of Christianity that is more true than any other form of religion, and that the people that come to that religion will go to heaven after they die, and the people who don't will go to hell. And the first thing I want to say about that is that means that God has failed. That means that God has failed to do what the creation he created came to do. You see, the name for God is Jehovah, which which means I am that I am. It also means um, being. 
It also mean, in, means isness. And at the fo- bottom line root word of that word is desire. So basically what the Jehovah of the Bible of the Bible is is a deep desire to to be the I am that beingness is. And uh, from that perspective then, when he created humanity, when he or she, it, when that spirit created humanity, what, what was being established was an I am in identical form. So we are meant to become the I am that I am. We are not meant to go to hell for eternity separate from the divine. We are meant to become the I am that I am. What, what's being taught, however, in this mistaken religion is an idea that that will fail because human choice got in the way. And poor God, he's powerless over human choice. Poor God, he's powerless over Satan to keep us from being able to uh, accomplish, to, to, to keep them from accomplishing his will. Um, but Isaiah 55.11 says that uh, his word will not return to him empty. What is his word? Well, we are his word. We are, we are the creation that he created by the word. Let there be light, and there was light. You know, I, all the things that he created were created by the words out of his mouth. And so we are a part of that. And we are, we are therefore, not going to return to God empty. We're, the, the mission of God is going to be complete. Another definition of God that is given by God is that he is the only one. This is found in Isaiah 45, 7. I am the only one, he says. I create the darkness and I create the light. I bring uh, wellness and I bring, uh, I bring goodness and I bring evil, is what it says in one text. Um, so what he's saying there is, I'm the one. And essentially what that means is there's no such thing as Satan. There is no Satan. There is no devil. God is the only one. And God is bringing these things about in our lives. Why? Because if we look at the definition of hell very clearly um, at the root, root language, the definition of hell is a place of suffering in this life on planet Earth in which we are transformed. We are transformed by our suffering into a person of light, a person who understands who we are as a divine being. So even the very suffering that we go through is, has a determining factor. And that determining factor is that we get closer and closer, lifetime after lifetime, to becoming who we are as divine beings. As people who understand that we are truly divine, we just forgot who we were. And one of the reasons we forget, according to Jesus, is because of the Pharisees. He says, but why do you so scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from men, for you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. So what he's saying is these people who are teaching us um, that, that Satan is something, somebody to be feared and that if we go inside to our own heads and our own hearts and we spend time in meditation that we're getting too close to the devil, People who teach that are telling us not to enter the kingdom of heaven because where is the kingdom of heaven? It is within us. According to Luke 21, 17, or maybe it's 17, 21, one of those two, um, it is, uh, we, the kingdom of heaven is within us. The kingdom of God is within us. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the, the, the reigning, the rulership of the divine. 
That is within us. There is a place within us that is totally ruled by the divine. But that's not what we were taught by the by these people. We're taught that we are sinners and that we're born into original sin and that we can't ever be perfect enough to be close to God on this earth. The only time we can get close to God is after we die and go to heaven. Uh, and then maybe if we've been good enough or we've said the right prayer or we've performed the right ritual, then maybe we can go to heaven. We can't be close to God on earth. But according to this statement, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from men. That intimates that men, not angels, not people after they die, but people on earth can enter into the kingdom of heaven. It says, for you do not enter in yourselves. That implies that they could enter into the kingdom of heaven now, right now. But nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. In other words, there are people who are now entering the kingdom of heaven, but you're preventing them from doing that because you're telling them things that aren't true. You're, you're their leaders, and you're telling them things that aren't true. And we have modern-day Pharisees who have established a cult, and the cult is sort of a cult of vipers because it's run by vipers. All the people in it aren't vipers, but the people that run it are vipers, and they are teaching us that they're poisoning us. They're tox- toxifying the air we breathe by telling us these things that aren't true. Um, we, we haven't been taught to study the root language of the Bible. We haven't been challenged to go within and find out where, who we are as divine beings. Um, I read an article just today about, uh, uh, from Christianity Today, November, um, I believe it was 19, uh, 2016, uh, November, um, that was saying that uh, there is such a thing as dangerous meditation, that uh, we should not be meditating because meditation implies that we agree with uh, Eastern beliefs, which tell us that we are divine at our deepest essence, and, but that we've gotten out of touch with that, and uh, that, we, that that's a dangerous belief. And, uh, and, and rather, they want us to believe that we have sinned and that we need to return to God in order to be forgiven. Now, I don't want to step on the toes again there that forgiveness is not an element of what you want to seek out in your religion. What I do want to say is that um, if, we, if we say we cannot enter into our own souls through meditation, then what we're saying is we cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And that, that would be a lie. Because Jesus clearly says that the people who are wrong are the people who are preventing us from entering the kingdom of heaven. And those would be the, the, the hypocrites, the Pharisees. So let me say something about hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is a result of trying very, very hard to, to live an extremely moral life. Because no one can do it. So everyone who tries to do it ends up being a hypocrite in some kind of way. But grace, on the other hand, grace which is uh, an awareness of who we are as divine beings, that grace that says, oh, I know who I am now, that grace that comes about as a result of sitting in the presence of the divine through meditation, that grace that comes as a result of, of deep prayer and deep esoteric connection to the divine, that grace uh, is, is the spirit within us, and that is how we worship in spirit and in truth, as Jesus prophesied that we would be able to do. We worship in pure spirit and truth by being in the spirit and by being in truth. So we are, we are, uh, we are in the spirit when we enter into our own souls. 
when we enter into the, the kingdom of God within us and, and are able to sit with the presence of the divine within us and be transformed by that presence. Just by sitting there in the presence of the divine, we are transformed. I have personally experienced that myself, and I know that many of my listeners have done the same um, by being able to uh, meditate whether it was through Eastern religion or through transcendental meditation or through mindfulness meditation, they were able to connect to the deeper essence of who they were and be changed by it. And that, that's the kind of experience that has been known to be experienced all across the world, regardless of religion. People who experience have a divine experience or a connection to the divine experience a deep sense of oneness, which is called a unitive experience. They experience deep peace, deep joy, and a sense of enlightenment, and they are changed afterward. Their thoughts about who the divine is and who they are in relation to the divine are changed because of this experience. That kind of experience has been had by all peoples, I mean by people from all religions all over the world. And, uh, and so we can't say that only Christians can have that kind of grace. We can't say that only uh, the people who have been taught by these vipers to believe the lies that they teach are, are telling the truth. So, okay, let, let's try another one. Um, Jesus talked about righteousness. And our, our pastors and preachers in the Christian churches all over the world also speak about righteousness. Typically, however, when they speak about it, what they're talking about is moral living. Jesus, on the other hand, meant something a little deeper than that. He said, For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So again, the kingdom of heaven is within us. And in order for us to be able to be in that kingdom of heaven, our righteousness has to surpass that of the scribes and Pharisees. Now, the scribes and Pharisees were considered at that time to be the most righteous of all people. They were the ones that not only had the law, they also wrote the law, they also uh, were uh, commanded and were supposed to be obeying the law. And so they were considered to be the most righteous of all people. And what Jesus was saying was, your righteousness has to surpass that. What could he possibly mean by that? Well, in order to understand that, we have to look at the word righteousness. And the first brush with that word means living a good life. You know, basically the same thing that we mean when we talk about it. But if we look at the root language, we look at, keep looking, what we find in there is these words, only Christ truly. So righteousness means that I am living as only Christ truly, not only Jesus truly, only Christ truly. There's a difference. Jesus was a man who lived as Christ. He thought as Christ. He felt as Christ. He was uh, initiated as Christ. He, uh, all of his life was run by the source. So he himself said, I can do nothing of my own initiative. I can do nothing of my own initiative. That is a strange statement. What that means is that his initiation, his, his very waking up in the morning, opening his eyes, looking around, breathing in and out, having his heart beat, all of that was conducted by the source, by what he called the Father, which is, if we delineate that word, means source. So he's saying that I have become one with the divine. 
And uh, we have been taught that only he can be one with the divine. No one else can do that. But Jesus is clearly saying here that our righteousness can surpass that of the scribes and Pharisees. And if it doesn't, we're not in the kingdom of heaven. But what he tells us in this root language, that if it had been translated correctly, would have been already available to us, is that uh, we enter the kingdom of heaven when Christ initiates our activities. When we are run by the Christ within us, when when we are uh, living out of uh, that Christ nature, now Buddhists would say that's the Buddha nature. It has the same exact characteristics as the Christ nature, but it, what it means is that I'm living out of that deep essence of who I am that knows itself as deeply connected to the divine, or knows itself as also divine, a constituent element of the divine. Lots of ways to say that. Um, so. It's really important for us to understand the root language of the Bible in order for us to really hear what God was saying or God is saying to us through this book. And there's more to say about whether or not this book is inerrant. We're going to talk about that later. But, but for right now, it certainly has inspiration to give us. It certainly has wisdom to give us. It certainly has information to give us about the truth of who we are, about the truth of spirituality, about the truth of worship about the truth of the kingdom of heaven, of the kingdom of God. So, um, Jesus called the, uh, these uh, Pharisees vipers and whitewashed tombs in Matthew 12, 34, and Matthew 23, 33, and Matthew 23, 27, and other places. He called them vipers and whitewashed tombs. He also said that uh, we shouldn't, we'd be very careful not to follow false prophets because they were like um, um, wolves in sheep clothing, sheep's clothing. So, uh, what he's saying is we can get tricked. We can get tricked into believing stuff that's not true. And that's what's been happening. More so over the past 10 years, this, this untrue way of looking at religion has taken over greater and greater portions of the, of the psyche. I read something the other day of the American psyche. What I read the other day was that um, 46% of Christians believe that Donald Trump is a very righteous man. Now, that's following a false prophet. We have total evidence that that's not true, that we have absolute evidence that he has done many things that many Christians would completely believe to be not good. And yet, there's a belief that he's a good man. That's That kind of uh, falsehood is being believed, and it's a part of this religion that has taken over America that tells us to believe things that aren't true. So it's important for us to understand that we can be misled, and perhaps uh, it's time for us to begin to turn around and ask ourselves if we are being misled, and that's why I've been so brave as to bring forth this show to our attention. It's important for us to consider the possibility that perhaps we're being misled, in my book, uh, Inhabiting Heaven Now, I go through a lot of the root language, several uh, elements of the root language, some in this book of Job, some in the Psalms, some of the, uh, the New Testament as well, uh, a lot about the creation story that tells us the root language of this, these words that informs us of a whole different idea about who we are in our relationship to the divine than what we've gotten from traditional understandings of the Bible and certainly what we've gotten from the modern-day vipers. 
Um, so uh, I want to lead you to that book if you're interested in fi- finding out more about that. And I'm going to give you some websites you can go to to do your own research as we go through the show today. So for right now, we're going to take a break, uh, and we'll be back in just a few more minutes to talk about more about this whole idea of what is a, what is a true true what is an authentic version of this religion that we might be able to participate in and become aware of. But before we do that, uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to hear uh, something about Oprah's upcoming Super Soul Sunday show. So stay tuned for more right after the break. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red's. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Welcome to Portal to Ascension Radio. Your hosts, Neil and Soul Gore, will take you on a journey to expand your consciousness. You will learn about hidden ancient wisdom, advanced technology, cosmic consciousness, our true world history, the ascension of Earth, and so much more deeply esoteric and revolutionary information. It is time to explore the nature of reality. Listen every Friday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back, and I want to tell you, I am a Super Soul Sunday lover. I love Oprah's Super Soul Sunday series, and we've got one coming up this Sunday, April the 30th, on Super Soul Sunday with New York Times bestselling author Janine Roth, who will be talking about how one's spiritual health is directly related to one's relationship with food. Very interesting topic. So here's a clip from that show. 
What is the lesson, Miss Janine, that <laughs> took you the longest to learn? I can tell you what is still taking me the longest to learn, which is unconditionally loving myself cherishing myself, welcoming myself. I think that's why I'm so good at talking about it. Mm -hmm. Because it's been, you know, I've had a pretty intense inner critic. Um, and I've gone through a lot of judgment and shame. And so I keep learning this over and over and over again. And so I, I think I'm still learning it. Wow. I want to be there for that show. And I want you to not miss it either. So tune in this Sunday, April the 30th for Super Soul Sunday. Um, to listen to Janine Roth talk about that. Okay, so today we're talking about the difficult-to-talk-about subject of a mistaken Christianity. And what we mean by that is that there is a misleading that has been happening with regard to our understanding about who we are, as who a person might be as a Christian, um, that is telling us to stay externalized. And by externalized, what I mean is that people are being told to listen to their leadership, to go to their churches, and to read the translations and interpretations of the Bible that have been passed down to them from their leadership, and don't go within. Don't go inside yourself to find out what the how you might get an actual direct revelation from the divine. Um, and I'm not talking about something that tells you your future or some psychic event. I'm talking about a deep understanding of who you are that might, you might be able to obtain through being able to sit in the presence of the divine inside yourself. Um, but that is being told, we're being told by a lot of the leadership that is out there today who Jesus called modern day, would have called modern day Pharisees and would have called vipers and whitewashed sepulchres and wolves in sheep's clothing are misleading people. They're telling them by, to be afraid. They're telling them to fear hell. They're telling them to fear Satan. They're telling them to, to worry about whether or not they're going to be allowed to enter the kingdom of heaven after they die. And they're never, ever, ever being told that it's possible for them to enter the kingdom while they're right here on planet Earth. But in the book Inhabiting Heaven Now, we definitely declare that it is totally possible for a person to enter the kingdom of heaven right now here on planet Earth. It is not something one has to worry about or something that one has to, would, should worry should think will only happen after death. So um, when, when people are taught to be afraid, they're being taught through the power of authoritarianism. Now, we've heard that word a lot lately, especially since Donald Trump took office. We've heard that word authoritarianism because he is considered to be an authoritarian leader. So what does that mean? An authoritarian leader is one who uh, commands his, his people to do as he says, and they must do it or there will be punishment, okay? And that is basically the tenet of the idea of God that is being passed down to us by false leadership. It's, we're being told that God is a mean, angry God who loves us very much but will punish us and even to the point of sending us to hell for eternity. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think uh, there's too many parents out there who promise to send their kids somewhere for eternity. That's a pretty harsh punishment. And the fact is that it is punishment. And, it, and the whole idea of authoritarianism is based in the promise of punishment. 
if you don't do what I say, there will be punishment. And so we have, many of us have been raised to believe that punishment is the way to raise children. We've, we've been taught that that's, that's how it is for most of us. But there's a, been a recent five-decade-long study of over 160,000 people, children, as they grew up five, for five decades, um, talking, uh, asking them about the effects of spanking, measuring the effects of spanking, not abuse. The only thing they're talking about there is where, uh, where a parent might use the flat of his hand to spank a child on the buttocks only. Okay? They're not talking about any other form of punishment. Just just spanking. Now, it is possible that some people use spanking as well as other things, but they tried to eliminate those people from this study. So, what they discovered was that these children who grew up over those five decades demonstrated either antisocial behavior or mental health problems. Those are the effects of just spanking, not even abuse, just spanking. And I believe that that's based in a concept of punishment, that my parents will punish me if I don't obey them. Because, why? Because they're bigger than me. Because they're bigger than me and they can, therefore they will. That's the concept we have that has been passed down to us from these vipers, from this misguided leadership about who God is. But I defined God in the first of the show as, uh, from the root language, as beingness. That is, I am the desire to be I am. And that was what created the earth, and that was what created humans. So, I am the desire to be I am created, I am in humans. We are that same beingness. And therefore, punishing us is not in the cards. It's just not part of what we're, you know, what God is up to in relationship to man. Now, there's lots that's attributed to God's punishment in the Old Testament. That doesn't mean God really did it. It meant that the author of the book thought that they did it, that God did it. But and so we have to keep that in mind as we're considering these things that that uh, perception of what God is up to is not necessarily what God is up to. Uh, and and that is that is one of the faulty premises that has been passed down to us by the modern day Pharisee that well however we perceive God that's how God is we perceive that God might be this punitive God so that must be how God is um, and God doesn't need our puny little definitions of who who the divine is um, beingness can't is hard to define in other terms than the beingness desire to be beingness is hard to define in any other terms than those. Um, so this is a deep, uh, even esoteric kind of way of looking at the divine that we find when we go within and sit with ourselves enough to be able to be present with the divine within us. And once we've done that, once we've connected to that place, we are changed. We are changed. We are transformed by that. Uh, but that's that experience is uh, often prohibited when people say, no, you have to listen to me. I'm the leader, and I'm telling you what's true and false about the Bible. Don't go listen into your meditation. Uh, don't go in there. That's dangerous, dangerous meditation. That was the name of the article in Christianity Today that I referred to earlier. 
that um, meditation itself is dangerous for people because it puts them into the possibility that they're going to be believing things that aren't really true. And what that really says from the viper who wants to have power over us, that's the, that's the mission of the Pharisees of Jesus' day and the Pharisees of today, is they want to have power over our thinking. They want to have that power that says, I, I'm in control. Um, and so many things happen that are very similar to what happens in an abusive home where uh, a spouse is being abused by, uh, by a spouse. So the abusive husband, let's say, can say to his wife, I don't like your friends coming over here. I don't like your family. They're, they're doing this and that and the other to you, and I don't like them, and I don't want them coming over here anymore. You have to keep them out. And basically what he's saying is, I want to isolate you. I want to own you completely so that I can have total control over you. And that's a lot of the same kind of thinking we get in these uh, uh, viperous cults where uh, the person is being told that uh, you can't associate with non-Christians, you can't associate with um, people who meditate, you can't do the meditation, you can't learn about other religions, don't ever try to understand the other sacred texts of the world, no, 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 don't do those things because then you might fall under the influence of Satan and then, uh, actually, you will not be under my control anymore. And uh, so there's a lot of that kind of same really dark kind of um, leadership going on in this mistaken religion that has taken over a large portion of the American psyche. So they've been taught to be afraid, be very afraid of the evil that's out there. And call it evil every chance you get. And, and um, let's marginalize uh, the LGBTQ population and let's make them bad people and let's say that we're good people and let, let's have that enemy out there to, of justice and truth in the righteous way. Uh, but as we said just a little while ago, righteousness does not mean moral living. It means only Christ truly. It's what Jeremiah talked about in the Old Testament when he talked about the law of God being written on our hearts. Instead of having to strive to obey the law the law is written on our hearts. In other words, we already know if we're living in Christ, in that Christ nature, in that Buddha nature, in that divine self, as the Hindu religion calls it. We, if we, we already know. We already are a part of it. It is in our blood, in our bones, in our, in our souls. We understand it. We live it because it's true. Thich Nhat Hanh talked about uh, you know, good and evil and how uh, some people are always looking for people to be good or evil. And that, uh, that uh, there are people out there that are like clouds and trees and, and flowers. They just grow into who they are, and they don't know anything about good or evil. But, if they, but yet, they're looked at as saints by people who, who look at their behavior because they're doing things that other people might call really good or really righteous behavior. Yet, they're not doing it based on any idea about good and evil. They're just doing it because it's in them to do. Like a cloud just rains because it's in the cloud to do. Like a tree just grows because it's in the tree to grow. That's, that's the difference. And uh, I really encourage you to read his essential writings, Thich Nhat Hanh's essential writings. Very good work. Very powerful work about um, how we may understand ourselves as, as uh, the deep essence of the divine that we are. Um, at least that's my language for it. So... Uh, you know, as I said, this is a difficult subject, but
but what we need to be able to see. We need to use our powers of discernment and our powers of intuition to see clearly that we're being misled. The root language tells us something entirely different from what we've been taught to believe about, about who we are. And uh, there, this, this fear of evil, this isolating uh, fear of evil has taught many Americans to back away from other people, to marginalize other people, to call them sinners. And there's even something out there now that says, love the sin, I love the, love the sinner, hate the sin. Um, and basically that's referring to the LGBTQ population, but uh, what they're really saying is you can hate the sin, still hate, you can hate the sin, just love the sinner. And, but when you ask somebody how they're going to do that, what they really mean is they're not going to have much to do with the LGBTQ population because they're scared of them, uh, because they might be evil. And that's a kind of marginalization, marginalization that Jesus never, ever participated in and would not have asked us to participate in. So it's important for us to understand that, like I said in the beginning, in the first segment, it is possible for us to be misguided. It is possible for us to learn things from other people that aren't true. And that's why we need to have an internal messaging system. That's why we need to be able to go within to find the kingdom of heaven that is within and be able to listen to it. That's why we need to be able to use our own internal messaging system to talk to us, to guide us. If we shut that off in the name of Jesus what we're doing is shutting off ourselves from the kingdom of heaven within. Not only are we doing that, but we are also uh, disempowering ourselves to live according to only Christ truly, which is the definition of righteousness. Um, not only that, but we are still in that striving to, to try to be good people that keeps us from really understanding that we can just settle into grace because the law is already written on our hearts. Um, the, uh, the vipers, the Pharisees, will tell us that only evil can come out of the human heart. And they've taken that statement out of context because Jesus did say something about evil, murders, and all kinds of things coming out of the human heart. But what he meant was that our, our food... Should not be. We food was not going to be the thing that would make us, um, you know, need cleansing. It was what we did that made us need cleansing. Um, but what he what he actually meant by that is that humanity is um, is is needs to be able to look inside, and we will find our shadow material in there. But we will also find the kingdom of heaven. We will also find the kingdom of God. Um, so we, yes, it is true that there are dark things within us. Sometimes there also is great light within us, and that's the piece they left out. They only tell us that there's darkness within us that Satan can whisper in our ears and tell us to do all manner of evil things. And this is the misleading. This is the misguiding that tells us to stay out of the kingdom of heaven within us, which Jesus considered to be the Pharisees' greatest sin. All right, so we're going to take another break, and we're going to talk about this some more in just a few minutes. We'll be back to talk about a much more authentic version of this religion. Stay tuned.
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What's your purpose on the planet? Are you ready to make jumps to pursue your passions? We often make excuses, but it commonly leads back to fear. Sharing our stories provides an opportunity to learn lessons and leverage pearls of wisdom that we gain on life's journey. We'll help you push through the fears that hold you back from empowering you to experience pure love and live your life's purpose. Tune in to the Beth Bell Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you always known that something different was possible for your life and in the world? What if you could create beyond your current reality? If your relationships, finances, business, health, and life could be anything, what would they be? Join Heather Nichols for an invitation to discover what is true for you in every area of your life and for conversations loaded with pragmatic tools for how to create it. Listen live every Monday at noon Pacific and 9 p.m. Central European time for Creating Beyond Reality on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back for our final segment talking today about uh, a mistaken religion that is leading people to only externalize. So we talked earlier about this externalization process where the leadership is saying, don't listen to yourself, listen to me, listen to what we have to teach you, because if you go to the, to within to find your answers, that could be the devil talking to you. Um, so people are taught to doubt their own internal messaging system, which could lead them to, as we've said, the kingdom of heaven of God, or the kingdom of God within, uh, because that's where Jesus told us it was. It is within, and uh, he also said that the Pharisees were shutting people out of the kingdom of heaven within, and therefore that was their greatest problem that they were not uh, not able to. People were not being able to enter the kingdom of heaven because they were listening to the Pharisees instead. They were striving after righteousness instead of ceasing to strive. As Psalm 46 6 says to us, cease striving and know that I am God. That's an interesting um, play on words there. Cease striving to know that I am God. I can cease striving to know that I am God. I am also divine as God is because the, the, the desire to be I am created me as I am. 
in the image of the I am. I was created. And so deep inside me, I am that same I am. I am that same beingness. Um, but I have forgotten about that. And one of the reasons I've forgotten about it is I've got people out there telling me that I shouldn't be listening to that. That's not true. I should be listening to the people that are leading me. And the people that are leading me are telling me that I'm a sinner, that I, ha- that I have no access to the divine except um, through forgiveness of sins and through um, prayer. And th- even, even after that, I won't be allowed into the kingdom of heaven until after I die. Jesus said nothing about waiting till after we die to get to heaven. He described the kingdom of heaven in parables that I'd use in the inhabiting heaven now. I'm not going to go into a great deal of depth with this now, but I want to say that the, that uh, in that book, we describe those parables and explain completely what the kingdom of heaven is. So if you want to know more about that, you can check out the book, Inhabiting Heaven Now. You can buy it on Amazon.com. The, uh, the idea is that heaven is within us, the kingdom of God, the rulership of the divine is within us, and uh, there are ways in which we're, we're being ruled by the divine even though we don't know it, so that even during periods of darkness and suffering, uh, the divine is working with us to bring out something that needs to be brought out into our awareness so that we can grow and be transformed, and that's what's happening even as, as we go to hell which is a time of suffering on planet Earth. The fact is that heaven is not a place at all. Heaven is a process. And that's what we learn when we look at the root language of the word heaven or the kingdom of heaven. It is a process, a process of unfolding so that we become more and more aware of who we are as divine beings, who we are as I am that I am. And that process is ongoing and ongoing and ongoing throughout uh, our many lifetimes. Uh, Jesus talked about reincarnation, and I speak about that in the book as well, that, uh, that we do move forward from lifetime to lifetime. And so when Isaiah 55, 11 says, uh, my word will not return to me void, what he's really saying is, in each lifetime, I will absolutely accomplish what I came here to accomplish in that lifetime. Uh, I may not accomplish it all in one lifetime, but in that lifetime, I'm going to accomplish what I came here to accomplish that lifetime. That's not going to fail. Why? Because my word will not return to me empty. I will not return to the divine empty. I will have accomplished what I came here to accomplish. That's a given. That is a fact. And it can't be erased. Why? Because there it is. My, my word will not return to me empty. So... Um, that is a more authentic version of this religion that that uh, really does, in essence, match uh, the essence of Hinduism and of Buddhism and of several other religions, Sufism, several other, of course, the deeper, more esoteric religions that allow us to go within um, and uh, have these deep, wonderful, unitive experiences of peace and joy that uh, in Galatians, I believe it's 5.22, says... These are the fruits of the Spirit, um, love, joy, peace, you know, and I could go on, I, I haven't got them all memorized, but wisdom, I would say, is part of that as well. These are the fruits of the Spirit. It also, Jesus also said that we could judge our prophets by, by their fruits. And um, if they're not experiencing love and joy and peace and wisdom and, and uh, these fruits of the Spirit that, are, that demonstrate that we actually have made contact with the divine within us, then they're false prophets. 
And what we see from these false prophets is a lot of anger, a lot of, of, of leadership that tells us to be afraid. And fear is not one of, this, one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's not in that list at all, nor is hate, nor is anger. Uh, those are not fruits of the Spirit. Those are uh, parts of our human experience, but they're not fruits of the Spirit. And um, so when, when, uh, when we're trying to discern, we're trying to use the gift of discernment, which is also uh, one of the gifts of the Spirit that we, they talk about in those letters to the Galatians and the Col- uh, Colossians and Romans, and they speak of these gifts of the Spirit. And discernment is one of those. And we're supposed to be using that internal gift. So what is discernment? Discernment is a gift that says, I can know what's going on around me and within me. I can know that by observing the external simultaneously to what to observing the internal. I can look at you and see and feel what's going on inside me about you. And therefore, I become more discerning about what's really going on with you. And my discernment has led me to do this show. Uh, so that we begin to understand that there's some false leadership going on out there that's teaching us to hate, that's teaching us to be afraid of evil all the time. It's not teaching us to love. It's not teaching us about our truest compassion. It's not helping us get in touch with our truest compassion. It's not helping us get in touch with our passion. It's teaching us to avoid those things and to listen instead to the leadership, which who tells us, who defines us as sinful people who are in need of that leadership to keep them out of hell. Um, so that's a power trip for the leadership. Let me just say that like it is. It's a power trip for the leadership. On the other hand, a more authentic version of this religion will allow us to go within, to find the kingdom of heaven that is within us, to be able to live from that kingdom of heaven, to live from the the power of peace and joy and harmony and wisdom within us so that we can experience life on a different plane. We experience life on on the plane of the divine instead of uh, instead of feeling cut off from the divine, which is what these uh, vipers are teaching us. They're teaching us that we're actually cut off from the divine, that we can't be one with the divine. A person who says they're one with the divine is blaspheming. Uh, but that's not what is true according to Jesus. According to what Jesus taught, we can be one with the divine. And as a matter of fact, he said, uh, because I go to the Father, greater things than these shall you do. In other words... I'm going away. I've done these great uh, healing things and raising people from the dead. I've done these wonderful things. But you will do even greater than that. Why? Because I'm going to the Father. I'm going away. You can't give me credit for it. You have to stop, you know, worshiping me. Uh, and, And that's another thing. We're taught to worship Jesus. Jesus said, don't worship me. Uh, He told us clearly not to do that. But that's not what we're being taught. So there's a lot that we're being taught that is totally against what Jesus would have said, and that's why we can look at these people as Pharisees. They're teaching us the wrong thing. So there's another teaching that the Pharisees taught. It's called Korban. The word is C-O-R-B-A-N. And what it essentially meant was that there was an old tradition that said that the, uh, that um, people were supposed to take care of their mothers and fathers as they aged. And the Pharisees came up with a rule that said that they didn't have to do that if they could declare the gifts they were going to give to their parents as korban, which meant it's been given to God instead of their parents. So they could declare it as korban and say, I'm not giving it to my parents. So that was an escape plan. 
So I don't really have to be responsible for taking care of my parents. Now, we have lots of ways of taking care of our parents today, so I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about the idea of escape. We escape in lots of ways when we, uh, when we listen to the Pharisees of today who are telling us that we should marginalize the LGBTQ people or that we should never be divorced when we're living with an abor- abusive man or woman. Uh, or that um, that people are full of sin and that Satan is constantly whispering in your ear and things like that. We're being taught to escape by living in the external world and listening only to the teacher instead of listening to ourselves. We're being taught to disempower the greatest wisdom that we could ever have, which we can find within us in the kingdom of heaven, which is within us, and to empower the people that are teaching us, to give them all of our power for decisions. What that does is rob us of, uh, of our ability to make good decisions. So what happens is, since I don't have any internal guidance, I screw up my life. And then once my life is totally messed up, then I fall on, the, uh, on, uh, on my face in front of the leader and beg him to tell me what to do and he tells me what to do, and I said he because there are very few she's out there leading these groups. Um, uh, I, f- I fall on my feet in front of this this uh, Pharisaic leader, and I and he tells me what to do, and then I go do that. And if he says that I'm supposed to stay with my abusive husband because wives are not supposed to leave their husbands, then that's what I'll do, regardless of the fact that I'm being constantly abused and probably will end up dead at some point. I'm being told what to do by the leader of the church, and therefore I have to do that because that's what the leader told me to do. And uh, if I follow my own internal guidance, I could be following the devil. So what they've done is turn the internal kingdom of heaven where Jesus told us we would find the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. They have turned that into the voice of Satan. And as we said earlier, when God defined himself, he, he denied that there even was a Satan. He said, there is only me. There is only me. I'm the only one. I do these things, not the devil. So, and that's in Isaiah 45, 7, if you want to look it up. Uh, He defined himself as the only one. And if he's the only one, then he's the only one with us, too. That means there's only God in everything. There's only God in everything. Let me say that again. There's only God in everything. So it's important for us to understand that we can be misled when we're told to not listen to ourselves. We, we're, it's harder to dis, mislead us when we're going within to find truth. When we're going in, within to listen to our own internal messaging system that will tell us what our intuition says and will tell us what our uh, discernment says, that will put us in touch with the divine nature within us, that will keep us from, uh, uh, protect us and uh, help us to make the decisions that are uh, true and uh, authentic. So uh, this living of the authentic life that I've spent so many years talking to you about on this show, the show's going to be on the air nine years coming up this July. Very proud of that. Um, So I've been talking to you about living authentically for nine years now. And uh, one of the things I want to say about that is that the authentic life is also the divine life. 
it is the life where we are uh, in touch with the deepest essence of who we are as divine beings. The Christ nature is what many Christians call that. The Buddha nature is what the Buddhists call it. The divine self is what the Hindus call it. Whatever you call it, it is the deepest essence of who you are, and it is where we touch the hem of the garment, where we are healed and transformed and become who we actually are as divine beings. That piece is just left out entirely by the pharisaical teachers out there who are teaching us to hate evil and to hate the people that are sinners and to stay away from all the people in the world that aren't Christians and to marginalize the LGBTQ population and other populations and to be worried about the Muslim population and to fear, 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 fear. That's what people are being taught. And again, I say there is no spiritual gift called fear. That's it for our show today. We'll be back again next week. And again, tune in to Super Soul Sunday this Sunday. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. 